Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's Parasha is Balak. And uh, the main part of this Parasha, uh, almost the entire Parasha, is uh, the story of Balak and Bil'am. Uh, so we begin with Balak, who is the king of Moab, is afraid of the threat that Israel poses. After all, he has seen in the uh, in the last section uh, that we read in last week's parasha, he has seen what Israel has done to the uh, the neighbors that he has, uh, the Amorites, the Amorim, and he sees that Israel is uh, unstoppable. Uh, and what he wants is to get rid of uh, of Israel. Uh, and so he joins forces, first of all, with uh, Midian, normally an enemy of Moab, in order to have a, uh, a united front against Israel. And in order to gain an advantage over Israel, Balak sends messengers, sends emissaries, far away to Petor on the Euphrates River, someone named Bil'am, Bil'am ben Baor. Bil'am ben Baor is known as a sorcerer, uh, and as one who can bless or curse. So his request uh, is that Bil'am come and curse the people uh, so that uh, he can defeat them. When Bil'am receives these uh, emissaries, he says he can only do what Hashem directs him to do. He is completely uh, obedient to Hashem's uh, orders. Uh, however, it's very clear from the way the story plays out that uh, Bilam uh, thinks that he has m- more control. He may say that he can only do what God says, but uh, he acts as if he has control. Hashem indeed comes to him in the night and uh, says, you cannot curse the people of Israel. They are uh, blessed. Uh, let's just pause for a moment and take note of the fact that Parashat uh, Balak uh, is unique. Uh, it is one long parasha, but what's really unique about it, uh, I think, is that it is, for the first uh, and only time, it is f- from the perspective of outside of Israel. From, uh, from very, very early in the Torah, certainly from the time of Avraham, the Torah has been tracing the development uh, of the people of Israel. Uh, ups and downs, uh, certainly. Uh, but for this first time, uh, we are looking at Israel through the eyes of uh, foreigners, indeed uh, adversaries, enemies. Uh, and when uh, God says to Bil'am, uh, you can't curse these people because they are blessed, that tells us how God wants uh, us to appear in the eyes of the nations of the world, uh, including our enemies. Uh, it's comforting to know this, especially in, in the book of Bamidbar, where there's so many instances where Am Yisrael uh, disappoint, if, to put it mildly. Uh, and yet, when God talks to the nations of the world, uh, he has nothing but praise for them. So, the emissaries go back um, to Balak, 
and he decides that he needs to send a bigger, a better delegation. So he sends another delegation, which is more people, uh, more important, maybe more money. They're offering more wealth. And once again, Hashem's message to Bilam is, you must do exactly uh, as I say. And so uh, Bilam begins to go. But it's also, uh, once again, very clear that uh, Bilam is going uh, not just to obey Hashem uh, purely, uh, but to manipulate the situation uh, so that uh, he can curse as he's been hired to do. And it's because of that that uh, Hashem is very angry with Bilam as he begins his journey. Bilam is, is riding uh, a, a female donkey, and uh, an angel comes, an adversarial angel, uh, comes and blocks Bilam on the road. And uh, ironically, Bilam, the great uh, sorcerer uh, who claims to have uh, very deep powers of, uh, of sight, uh, Bilam is not able to see this angel, uh, although the donkey is able to see it, uh, to see the angel. And because the donkey sees the angel, uh, the donkey goes into the field and Bilam beats her to return to the road. Now, later on we'll discuss uh, how is it possible that uh, the angel sees and uh, Bilam doesn't, uh, more than just to say that well, God can do anything, which is certainly true, but we'll see a, a deeper analysis of this idea. And so uh, when the donkey is returned to the road, the angel once again comes and blocks uh, Bilam's donkey, and this time he's in a narrow path. Uh, and when the donkey sees the angel, uh, it swerves and crushes Bilam's leg against a wall. And Bilam is even more angry, so he beats her even more. And then the angel blocks Bilam's path in a very narrow place where there's nowhere for the angel, for the donkey to go. And so the donkey, which sees the angel, uh, lies down, and Bilam really beats her. Uh, with a stick, with a stick. It's at this point that a further miracle takes place, and the donkey opens her mouth and speaks and says, "Why are you beating me?" Bilam's response is, "If I had a sword, I would kill you." And the donkey said, "Have I ever acted in such a way that would be unreliable?" And Bilam has to admit, uh, "No, you never have." Uh, and it's at this point that uh, Hashem makes it possible for Bilam to see the angel. When he sees the angel, he bows and he admits that he has sinned and God once again tells him you must say only what Hashem uh, directs you to say. Uh, one would hope that Bilam uh, would take from this, uh, from this episode that uh, all forces of nature are under God's control uh, and that includes Bilam's ability to bless and to curse. Bilam is not in control. Uh, Hashem is in control. Hashem can make Bilam... Uh, not see the angel and make the donkey see the angel and then later on for Bilam to see the angel Hashem is in total control but Bilam should not think that he is the one who has control over the events one would hope that Bilam would get this me- this message but it seems that uh, this message is lost on him uh, still and so Bilam finally comes and he makes the first of three attempts at cursing Israel First, Balak says to him, why didn't you come the first time? Uh, don't you think I could pay you? And Bilam 
basically deflects by saying, I'm here now, I can only say what Hashem directs me, so let's proceed. And uh, Balak does send food to Bilam and the dignitaries uh, to uh, so that they can eat. Uh, but the first attempt at cursing Israel comes at a place called Bamot Baal. Uh, Bilam goes up there and uh, he gives instructions that before he can be inspired to say the curse, uh, it's necessary for there to be built seven altars, and on each altar for there to be a bull and a ram. So seven bulls and seven rams. And Hashem places a message in Bilam's mouth. And what comes out of Bilam's mouth is not a blessing, is not a curse, but a blessing. And Balak is astounded at this. He says, what have you done? Uh, from the uh, from the nature of the blessing, we can only imagine how uh, severe was the curse that Bilam would have liked to have said. And so Bilam, once again, has to admit that uh, he can only say what Hashem instructs him to say. Uh, and so he uh, says, let's go to a different place. And so the second attempt is a place called Sedeh HaTzofim. And from there, there's only a partial view of Israel's uh, uh, camp. Uh, once again, seven altars with seven bulls and seven rams, one on each. Hashem places a message in Bilam's mouth, and once again, it's a blessing. And blessing uh, is, is all that Bilam says. Balak, uh, re- Balak's reaction is, uh, don't bless or curse, just don't say anything. But Bilam uh, is uh, not in control. Hashem is... Uh, uh, is in control, as uh, Bilam has tried to say, uh, or at least professes. And so we come to Bilam's third attempt. In Bilam's third attempt, he says that we must go to a place called Rosh HaPa'or. This will be a place of, uh, eventually, of, uh, of sin. Uh, but from Rosh HaPa'or, he once again gives instructions, seven altars, seven bulls, seven rams, and once again, uh, Bil'am uh, produces blessings for Israel. And among the blessings, and I've included this in the text, the outline is the very well-known Matovu Ohalecha Yaakov Mishkinotecha Israel. How fair, how goodly are your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel. We say this uh, whenever we enter into a synagogue. And then a few verses later, he compares the Jewish people to a lion uh, who crouches down like the king of the beasts. Uh, and once they crouch down, no one can rouse him. Um, and uh, blessed are those who bless you and cursed are those who curse you. Uh, so this is uh, echoes of blessings that we've heard before uh, in uh, when Hashem blesses uh, Avraham. And so at this point, Balak says, just go. Uh, but Bil'am is not finished. Uh, now, uh, Bil'am uh, begins to speak other uh, prophecies, um, not only relating to Israel. He first says, let me advise you, Balak, and let me tell you what's going to be in the end of days. These are very mysterious, uh, but it would seem that part of uh, Bil'am's prophecy uh, actually refers to uh, the Messianic era, to Yemot HaMashiach. He talks about what will be the fate of some other nations, Amalek, the Kenim, and others. And then, after all of this, Bilam and Balak go their separate ways. In the very, very last section of the parasha, 
uh, B'nai Yisrael are in a place called Shittim. And we find out uh, from the way this event is referred to later on uh, that what is about to happen was really the idea of Bilam. And that's what he meant by saying, let me advise you. Uh, when they're in Shittim, uh, they are enticed by the daughters of Moab and of Midian. And uh, they are they engage in, uh, in immorality with these uh, wi- women. They partake of idolatrous sacrifices, which leads to idolatry. And then any old idolatry, uh, but a particularly uh, onerous uh, idolatry, the idolatry of Baal Pa'ol, in which a person would worship this uh, idol by relieving himself uh, in front of uh, the idol. So they're involved in the most disgusting uh, behavior, including immorality and this as well. And um, this is uh, this is horrible because we're talking once again about the nation, that, the generation that was uh, that grew up in the desert. And one would have expected them to be uh, more responsible, but they are. Uh, they've been enticed, and uh, because of these terrible sins, Hashem says to Moshe that the leaders of this uh, behavior uh, have to be executed. Um, and so Moshe says, uh, execute the idolaters, and there is widespread public immorality of, uh, of the, of the uh, Israelite men. And in one particular case, an Israelite man grabs a Midianite woman, and uh, in full view of everyone, uh, takes her into uh, into a chamber, uh, and the, a plague has begun because of how horrible all of these acts are. Um, Pinchas, who is the grandson of Aharon, Pinchas, the son of Elazar, the son of Aharon, who's very young, uh, steps up and kills both the Israelite man and the Midianite woman, and brings an end to this uh, terrible plague. Uh, but the plague has killed 24,000 people. Uh, but this brings an end to that plague. And uh, this is uh, this is also the end of this parasha, so, which re- revolves around uh, Bilam and Balak mostly, as well as Bilam's idea of enticing Israel to uh, displease God through idolatry and immorality. And uh, this is the result. Let's uh, take a closer look at um, what happens when the donkey is able to see the angel and Bil'am is uh, is not. Uh, we are we are told exactly how this happens three times, and the number three repeats itself uh, in this parasha. The three times of the of the angel uh, opposing the uh, Bil'am. It's parallel to the three attempts that Bilam uh, has to uh, to curse, uh, and as the Torah says, the donkey is able to see the angel, uh, but uh, but Bilam is not able to see the angel, and uh, this happens three times until God uh, uncovers Bilam's eyes so he is able to see. Um, see the angel and it's a very terrifying terrifying vision of an angel uh, standing in the road opposing him like an adversary with its sword drawn the Ramban discusses this uh, episode at, at great length and um, he points out the fact that angels 
um, which are not physical beings. He calls them intelligences, but they are not uh, they are not physical beings. So they uh, cannot be perceived by the senses. Um, instead, they can be perceived in a spiritual sense, but they cannot be seen in the usual way. Uh, if there are prophets uh, or those who have Ruach Kodesh uh, see an angel, uh, they, are, uh, they are given the ability to do so through a uh, an element of their soul which le- reaches this degree of prophecy uh, or something uh, within the spectrum of prophecy. But the point is that it's prophetic-inspired uh, perception that makes it possible to perceive the presence of an angel. Uh, that's not physically uh, physical vision. Uh, and therefore, it's uh, difficult to understand how the angels could be perceived uh, by an animal. Um, so that is why the Ramban insists uh, that when it says that the donkey saw the angel, it really means she felt the presence of the angel. She perceived it. Now at this point, even Bil'am doesn't have that ability. He doesn't even perceive. But the, the seeing that we're talking about here is more the perception um, and not, uh, not physically, uh, physically seeing it. And he gives other examples uh, where the word uh, ro'eh, to see, uh, has, that, has that meaning, that sense of, that uh, idea of perceiving rather than uh, seeing through uh, the no regular physical vision. Now, furthermore, when, uh, when God made it possible for the donkey to, to speak, uh, so obviously this is a further further level of uh, of miracle uh, she said did I ever behave this way um, but she doesn't really know what she's doing because she uh, was, was as it were compelled to do so um, so that's why she doesn't speak explicitly about what she saw she just says to behave this way. She doesn't say what she saw because she couldn't explain what she saw. She, did. she just had a perception, a sense that an angel was, uh, was there, uh, but nothing, uh, nothing more specific than, than that. So uh, the Ramban's point is that what the angel felt was the presence. Um, uh, and at, at this point, even Bilam didn't have that. It's uh, definitely worth uh, reading through the Ramban, uh, which I've included in the uh, in the outline, uh, to see how uh, how he explains this whole uh, this whole episode. Uh, most important thing to keep in mind um, is that Bilam may have thought of himself as an enchanter, a soothsayer, uh, but the warning to Bilam as a result of all of these. Uh, Incident is to realize that uh, it's not Bilam's own powers of enchantment and uh, and magic uh, that will make things happen. Uh, it is purely the proper divine inspiration, Ruach Hakodesh Nevoah, and that is totally within the control of Hashem. I thank you very much for uh, joining me 
for this exploration of Parashat Balak. This has been Rabbi Avraham Fisher for Parasha Highlights and Insights saying Shalom.